Yellow. Yeah, entonces. What are you doing? Mm, chilling. 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 Nothing exciting. No, not really. Mm-hmm. But you'd be like more, be like, oh heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Well, good thing I got that on record because I'm recording this already. So like whatever. No, you're not. I am. Promise, promise, promise. I am. You're not. I am. I swear. Promise, promise, promise. Okay. <laughs> and with that being said, welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Ozone. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I am. I am. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing like, you know, having like the small, small, small talk before like the actual intro. So that's why you know, just a. It's something new I'm trying to see if it works, you know, instead of just, like, diving straight into the conversation. So, you know, just, what are you doing? Da, 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 and then, welcome to the Ozone. Welcome back. Well, I'm glad I didn't say anything incriminating. <laughs> I mean, I, I can always edit it out, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know. So, it's, it's something different. I, I'm, I'm trying, so... I mean, you know, I, people have been giving me ideas left and right. So I'm like, you know what? I just, I just put it to use. I mean, I got nothing, I got nothing to lose. I mean, I just got a few subscribers, so it's not like I'm, you know, I'm getting money off of this. So I mean, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. How was your day today? It was uneventful, really. Really? Did you even work today? Because I know you were sick. Or like, did you work today? So I did work. I went back to work yesterday, okay. but with people going back to school, yeah, um, that always slows down our schedule, like right when the kids go back to school. Correct. So it's been pretty quiet around the office. <laughs> oh, man. So why would you go back yesterday and today? I mean, I want to just go back on Monday. Because one, we are a little short on staff. Uh, okay. Um, it's been it's been kind of hard with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been a lot of people applying, and we've had people leave. Oh wow. Um. So yeah. Oh man. <laughs> that is that. Uh, but you... honestly, like I was ready to go back to work because, um, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. Yeah, I, I see that. And... I keep getting kicked out. I'm like, this happened. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is she? <laughs> And stop using caption because I got to keep taking it off when I'm on. So I, I don't know or, or caption or the subtitle because <laughs> I'm like, what the? I mean, I, I figure it's it's the husband because the captions are in Spanish because I know oh, I know it's not you. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> it's babe. But I'm like. He's- he loves like, the Spanish captions. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, Bruh. what the heck? Like, I don't even go look what you're watching. It's just, like, when I go watch my shows, like, the, the captions it, Yeah, there. and I'm like, what the hell? Like, I, I didn't put up, but then I'm like, in Spanish, like, ah, okay. Then, you know, they're probably watching. Or it's just, like, all sorts of, like, random time that I want to log in. And it's like, you know, uh, sister, sister, I know that's you. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i'm like what the hell but you know i'm like ah, screw it. so let me get on hulu so i get on hulu and watch some other stuff but it's like y'all think we need to come up with the schedule or something 
Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, I figured out that Sister Sister is on Prime. Oh, no way. So, um, you can have your Netflix back. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's funny. Like I said, I just find it funny is, you know, like when I go watch my shows and all of a sudden the cash at the bottom starts speaking in Spanish, I'm like, ah, okay. I know who it is. <laughs> like, I know who was on. <laughs> but I was like, I hope nobody that works for Netflix is listening. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I'll put a disclaimer on this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but I was just like, okay. I mean, because I don't even go look at the show. I mean, does he watch it on my profile or your profile? I don't know. Now that I think about it, I think he just hops on whatever. Okay. I think so because, like, I don't I – mean, I just go to my shows, but you know, on the on the top where it says like continue watching of these other random shows. Uh-huh. I, I was like, no, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. But I'm like, all right, cool, because whatever. There's been random stuff on my profile too. So yeah. I think okay. Just, whatever he clicks on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, capture that. I got I got to pause, turn it off, and turn it off. Like, okay, it's cool. I mean, it's cool. I I just laugh when it happens. Like, oh, like that's cute. That's funny. <laughs> that is freaking hilarious, but but everything else good, you know. Like your, I know you were out because you were maybe had COVID. Yeah, so um, I actually tested positive for COVID. And you're vaccinated, last week, right? And I am vaccinated. Okay, but you know I'm in Houston, yeah. and oh, it's just so many people not wanting to get vaccinated and don't want to wear the mask either. So it's okay. like, pick a struggle, bro. Yeah. Um, and being in healthcare, being in dental, um, I don't know if you know this, but the, the positions, the occupations of a dental assistant, dental hygienist and dentist um, rank on the top five for um, most exposure to covid really um and not just to covid but to pretty much anything that can be um transmitted via blood Correct. or um saliva because that's what we deal with and um yeah so i think just about everybody in my office has had covid oh, over the last year and a half um with the exception of one of the girls um but yeah, it's almost inevitable for us. Um, this is why as soon as I was able to get vaccinated, I got vaccinated. And yeah, I mean, I tested positive. I had mild symptoms. Yeah. I never had a fever. I never had a body ache, um, which was good. Um, so having the vaccine does make a difference. <laughs> but, oh, okay. I mean, I haven't gotten it yet. I'm I'm waiting for you guys to turn to zombies first and then I'll do it in a- and then I get my shot, but you are such I a fool. I, I, <laughs> I think it's time. I think it's time to get it. I mean, it's I. It's been a more than a almost two years since this happened, and like thankfully I haven't gotten it. But I mean, if we got this new other wave of a virus coming in, you know, so it's kind of like okay, you know, I've I've pushed it off as much as I can. Honestly, when I was in Vegas, because the weekend I was in Vegas, the week before they had fully opened it. The city was like a hundred percent the weekend before, so I thought to myself, "Well, if I'm if I'm gonna catch it, I'm gonna catch it in Vegas." You know, mm-hmm. people are out on, on on. I mean, some were masked, some weren't, and so I was just like, "I mean, 
if it's gonna go down, it's gonna go down in Vegas. You know, I even brought my <laughs> laptop to work. I mean, to the house just in case if I, you know, but you know, but no, I mean, miraculously, I did not catch it. I mean, I still haven't caught it, but you know, I it's just I've been putting it off for so long, and I think with this whole new this whole new virus, and I'm pretty sure there's gonna be another one behind this one. So, oh yeah, right now with each variant that keeps coming out, it's yeah. like stronger. Um, and what the scientists are scared of and what the doctors are scared of is that we're gonna get a variant that's gonna be resistant to the vaccine. Yeah. Um, really fast. So I mean, I'm all about, you know, preventive care Correct. and having the vaccine is a way to prevent you from getting COVID. Yeah. And if you do get it, it's not going to be as severe. It's what's going to make the difference from, you know, whether you end up in the hospital or not. Correct. Honestly. So when you get a chance, just, just go get vaccinated. Just make your appointment already. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just one of these like, uh, like, you know, this is because now you don't know who to believe now, you know, either, it's a good vaccine. It's a bad vaccine. It, it's this and this and that. So, like, my mentality is, well, let me keep my distance. Let me keep my space. You know, I'm cautious who I hang out with. I'm cautious. I'm somewhat cautious where I go. You know, sometimes I do end up in a group. and uh, Because cause this whole COVID thing, you know, I'm a people person. Um, but now yeah. it's kind of like, I get paranoid or like I hate being in big groups now because like I don't know you. I don't trust you. You know, I don't know where you've been. So therefore, I don't want to get sick, you know. So when I'm in like in a big group, I'm like constantly like looking around or if I'm close to people, you know, or who's there because it's like, well, if I hang out with you, I trust you because because I know you're responsible. But I do got some friends that aren't responsible. And it's like, listen, man, like. You're cool and all, but I don't know where you've been. If I haven't caught it right. then, I don't want to catch it now. So right. I have to, you know, so I'm quote unquote cautious with, you know, where I go and who I hang out with. But I mean, like, thankfully, the people I do hang out with or I surround myself with are cautious, you know, or they themselves are vaccinated. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, as this whole thing progresses and becomes more and more and even more. Yeah, I'm eventually I'm I'm gonna have to you know bite the bullet and uh, you know take the shot. I mean, be, uh, if I want to go to Europe, for example, if I want to visit my family in Spain, in order for me to enter the country, I have to be vaccinated. Yeah, I have to be. So it's kind of like I really want to go. Like I I miss my family. I want to go visit. I want to go see them. But it's like ah, uh, but I don't want to take I don't want to take the shot. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get so vaccinated. Funny. But it's like oh. Uh, one of my coworkers, well, she's not at my location, um, but we were talking the other day, and I asked her, well, she was asking me, you know, how I was doing, because um, I had tested positive and whatnot, yeah. um, and I didn't know if she was vaccinated or not, so I asked her, I was like, have you been vaccinated? She's like, yeah, and she was like, but you want to know the real reason why I went to do it? I was like, why? And she's like, because I wanted to go to a festival in order to get in, you have to be vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy stuff. I mean, I mean, it's like, like, for real, like, I really want to go to Europe. I'm like, there's some cheap prices I've been passing up on because I don't want to get the, 
I want to get vaccinated, but I'm like, man, like I really want to go. Like I really, I love going to Spain. I love Spain, but oh, I know you love going no, to Spain. <laughs> in order for me to get in the country, I have to show proof, and I'm like, fuck. And I was like, ah. And then like my best friend, Marisol, she also wants to go because there's a town over there with her last name, you know, Pedraza. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But she does, but she refused to get vaccinated. I'm like, well, I mean, well, shit. I mean, we're shit out of luck because you can't. You want to go, but you don't want to get vaccinated, so you can't go. I want to go, but I can't get in. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I really am thinking about it. I mean, if I really want to go, so I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm I'm just trying to prolong it as much as I can. So, like, so we'll definitely it. see. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But but going back to this whole like vaccination and stuff, so I reached out to you because you went through a pretty bad case a couple of years ago. I know me, you've talked about it like a while ago, you know, and I don't know like if you've actually like talked to somebody about this or you know for other people to hear or would I be your first interview? Like official interview? Yes, you are. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> of all the people and all and of all the places on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, uh, first official interview is hey, yours. Hey. Um, like, I've talked about it to, you know, um, other people, yeah. um, my coworkers, um, people from church. Um, but, like, well, this that, is forever. Like, once I stop like, recording, this is forever. <laughs> so, you know, so your kids, kids are, well, you know, just you, anybody's going to be able to hear this, like, 20 years from now, you know, like your story, your, your, your testimony what you went through and now like you're certified badass because you're officially clear right like you're <laughs> right yes you're um, officially clear i'm clear i still got a few more years in remission of course i mean that's everything's but... been clear late 2018 so just like again uh you know for those listening you were diagnosed and correct me if i'm wrong because all day today when i asked you you know what you had I've been trying to pronounce it right or, you know, and if I butcher it, correct me because you had it. So I'm sure you're very familiar with it. All right. So it's Utrine, Uterine. Okay. You butchered it. No, so it's uterine. Uterine. Like, okay, uterus. Yes, uterus. Because I'm telling you, like, all day today, like, when when I texted you, like, you know, I was reading up on it because I didn't know. I mean, I don't know about this. I mean, you know, this is all stuff happens, to, you know, to women because this is a woman thing that, that happened to you. Right, um, right. And so I'm assuming it's very common in women. So, um, honestly, statistically, I don't know how common it is because mm-hmm. you always hear about breast cancer. Correct. And, you know, breast cancer is like, a big deal but there are other um cancers for example i was diagnosed with uterine cancer in december 2017 okay um and i don't think i've come across many women that have gone through the same thing okay um i've come across other women that have had um like different um conditions or like for example like endometriosis or PCOS or you know um, fibroids and whatnot which all those things were things that I was told I had at some point and that's not what it was it was cancer that was brewing 
Um, but I actually had a lady reach out to me from California. She somehow came across my Instagram. Oh, nice. Um, through like one of the hashtags that I use. Oh, no way. Um, and, yeah, she got cancer. And um, she, my, my Instagram page is actually public now. I used to have it on private all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's how she got a hold of me. And she inboxed me and she's like, hey, she's like, um, I found your page through one of your hashtags and I have some questions. Um, she was like, I, um, I'm actually getting a biopsy and um, I'm kind of scared because I'm not sure if I have cancer or not, but that's what the doctors are telling me that it's leading towards that, yeah. that everything's pointing towards urinating cancer. And um, I just kind of wanted to know how was your experience and treatment? So I I, te- um, I messaged her my phone number and I was like, text me. Um, we can chit chat. Um, you can call me if you want. Um, and we ended up talking and she was really scared. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like actually like maybe like two weeks ago. Oh, this is recently. Um, it was super recent. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I told her, she was like, She's like, I want to chicken out and not get the biopsy. And I was like, like, go get it done. <laughs> Correct. Um, because that's going to clear the air for you. You know, that's going to help determine what's going on and um, take it from there. I'm like, at the very least, um, you know, you have chemo, you have radiation, maybe a hysterectomy, but you can survive this. Yeah. Um, she was like, well, they, you know, they're telling me that if it is that, it's like very early stages. I was like, good, because I was a stage three away, a couple of steps away from stage four and dying. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is, I was going to ask you, like, you know, like to all those listening, like take us back to the beginning. Like, how did you come about finding or, you know, of knowing that you had this? So um, a couple of things that I'm going to say. Listener discretion advised. No, no, hell no. Shit, come on. <laughs> I want you to be graphic. Um, yeah, no, because I was about to say, some things are very graphic. Um, Don't worry. So I was diagnosed in December of 2017, mm-hmm. um, literally a few days before Christmas that year. Okay. Um, but when I traced back, um, when I started having like you know symptoms and pain and well, just like what were things were kind of out of whack. That, yeah, like what were some of the um, symptoms that you had that that made you go in December to get diagnosed? So tracing it back, I can trace things back all the way to 2013. What the hell? Yes, really. And it took a whole four years to figure out what was going on. Um, so one of the things that um kept bugging me I kept having um like lower back pain mm-hmm. and um I would always associate it to me being a dental assistant You're standing um, a lot I stand a lot or mm-hmm. like the chair that we sit in um and the positions that we're in sometimes and we're in treatment are really not that comfortable you yeah. put a lot of strain on your back so I always associated it to that um but then um my my menstrual cycle was always very irregular. Okay. Like I would get it a month and I could go months without it. And then when I would get it again, it was really heavy, very painful. 
Um, and these are things that I, I was always talking to my doctors about. And they were like, oh, no, that's very normal in some women. That's not normal. I'm sorry, but that's not normal. Correct. You know, women were made a certain way and our bodies function a certain way that it, when you start a menstrual cycle, you're supposed to get one every month. Yeah. Unless you're pregnant. Um, and so things are always very regular. I continued having pain. Um, and then there was one time that... I had apparently a UTI and the doctors were like, well, we're going to run some blood work. We're going to do some urine tests. Around this time, it was like 2014 probably. And everything kept coming back normal on my hormone levels, everything. But I kept nagging my doctors. I'm I'm sure they were probably tired of hearing from me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but hey you know you but are something's wrong. out of it yeah. yeah something's not right and like something's not right something's not right and so um you know time kept going by um things would kind of come and go um until 2016 in early 2016 like around february um i started having more intense pain and so to the point where sometimes like it was hard to get out of bed because um I would get pain in my back and then pain down my leg and it was just it just hurt and I would get these like ridiculous cramps and then I would like have like super heavy cycles and so I ended up going getting some imaging stuff done and so they came to the conclusion that i have what they call adenomyosis Adenomyosis, it's kind of like um endometriosis like the killer cramps okay but so instead of your body getting rid of you know that menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. blood whatever menstrual blood um it attaches to the walls of your uterus uterus and it stays there and it makes this way to um like the middle layer of your uterus so like the muscle of the uterus it just accumulates it just accumulates accumulates. okay and so when your body goes to finally get rid of some of that it's really painful and nothing comes Um, out or does do things no no no. something that it comes out but it comes out like in clots oh and that's what i started experiencing which freaked me out because I was like, what is going on with me? Like, I'm not dying, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is like all 2016, I go through that. Um, the whole year? Basically that whole year. So you and had a so clot then, of blood falling out and they kept telling you, oh, it's fine. It's fine. You're good. Yeah, it's fine. Your condition what is adenomyosis. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's the edited version, but you know what I mean. <laughs> So, um, in November of 2017, like a week or so before Thanksgiving, I ended up in the emergency room. I remember. Um, because I had a septic shock. And so the doctors came to the conclusion that the septic shock was caused by a UTI, a urinary tract infection. And I'm like, but how? I'm like, okay. That's the um. I remember telling one of the doctors, I was like, "That makes me look like dirty, like nasty." Ew, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, "I haven't changed anything of my hygiene habits. Yeah. I haven't changed any products that I use. I haven't changed anything." And they were like, "Well, you know, the female anatomy, you can easily get a UTI." Blah 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 blah. But hold on, are these females doctors telling you or male doctors telling you? Both. Really. 
and the female oh. agreed. Like it, it's part of female anatomy. Blah blah blah. It happened. Yeah, it happened. Wow. Which I know it happens, but I'm like, okay, to the point where the, I get a septic shock and almost kills me. Like yeah. literally, Ob, I was in ICU. I passed out. I was in ICU for three days, and from there. They moved me out of ICU. I was in the hospital still two more days. So I spent five days in the hospital that time. Yeah. And when I came out of that, I was very weak. A simple task like showering by myself was exhausting. Really? That's how weak I was. That's how bad the septic shock was. Um, And the doctor in the emergency room told my mom and also the, the infectious disease doctor that saw me was like, if you guys would have waited a little bit longer to come to the emergency room, you would have permanent damage or you may not have survived. So this was already in your bloodstream because of the septic shock. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was in my bloodstream. That's what led to the septic shock. Um, So I survived the septic shock. That was November 2016. Fast forward to December 2017, a year later, um, that's I ended up in the emergency room again. So by this time, all of 2017, I had I had started um, bleeding more frequently. Then, so than before. M- yeah, than before. But it wasn't and clots so, were coming out or, or clots. No, no, no. At this point, no, no, no. At this point, they're clots and they're heavy, and oh, it was like all the time. Like this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Listener discussion advice. I'm talking about like. For for all the ladies out there, you know when you're on on your um on your menstrual cycle, and you probably have the heaviest day that you wear like the biggest pad. <laughs> That's what I was wearing. Times daily. two or oh daily. Daily, and I was having to change it constantly because it would be soaked all the time. So why wouldn't you wear like an adult pamper, like an adult diaper? Who do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to have a rash? <laughs> I mean, like you know, Vilma could have put some talquito on you, or you know, some of that baby, you know, that diaper rash. <laughs> you are so dumb. I can't be serious. Okay, I can. So no, okay, so no adult diapers, but you were yeah, no. changing pads constantly. I was having to change constantly because it was just getting to be too much. I remember going to my gynecologist and like I said, she was probably tired of hearing from me. Um, And all she kept doing was like, oh, let's try this birth control. Oh, let's try this other one. And I was like, look, I don't want to take any birth control. That is not doing anything for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, give me the hysterectomy. Really? I asked her for it at a young age because you were yeah. Because at that time, I'm thirty. I'm thirty six right now, (laughs) and so at that time, I was (laughs) twice that. You older than me. (laughs) (laughs) At that time, I was thirty one, thirty two, and I had been dealing with pain and discomfort since I was like twenty seven, and I was tired of it. I was like, look. I'm over it. And they were like, well, no, you're in childbearing years. If we do that, you won't be able to have children. Blah, 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 blah. That's what I said, (laughs) because I don't think I asked you that. I mean, I know we've talked about, but I don't think I asked you, like, was that decision like something you've been thinking about or or was it something that it was just you just wanted out of you because you couldn't bear the pain anymore, but you knew that 
you know, once you took that out, that's it on, on having kids. I was very well aware of the decision that I was making. Okay, so it wasn't like, like being dramatic it about it. It's just like no, <laughs> believe me, no. I can be dramatic about oh, stuff, but not yeah. this. <laughs> not this. Okay. I was I was tired. Like it was exhausting. You know, like when you're in a constant state of pain all the time, yeah. it drains your body. Correct. And so I was just over it. And, you know, she was like, no, she was like, you know, you're in childbearing years and, you know, this is something we can't reverse once it's done, it's done. And I was like, I'm aware of that. I know. I'm like, I'm the one living with the pain constantly. I want this out. This was like mid 2017, maybe. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that had to have been like late June, early July. Okay. And in December 2017, I get diagnosed with cancer, with uterine cancer. Um, Okay. I ended up in the emergency room. I literally left from work because I was bleeding so much. Um, And I was like, I told my manager, I said, they knew that, like, my coworkers knew that I wasn't feeling well and I hadn't been feeling well. Correct. And we were all women in the office, so, like, I'm one of those that there's no filters I'm going to share. Very. Um, if they want to listen, I'm going to share. I can testify. <laughs> and so, boy, hush. So, um, I left from there. It was a Thursday midday. And um, I ended up in the emergency room. Um, I was losing so much blood. They tried to get me to walk over to Imogene, and I was like, if I stand up, I'm going to pass out. That's how weak I was feeling because I had lost so much blood. Yeah. And they thought I was being dramatic. And thankfully, my cousin was there and Michelle, um, and they were like, no, 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 she needs a wheelchair. They're like, she already passed out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you guys need to wheel her over there. (laughs) Um, So... You know, they take me to Imogene, and then the girl in Imogene was like, well, you know, go ahead and go into the restroom. And I was like, I need your help. And she was like, she looked at me stupid, and I was like, I'm going to pass out. What? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, dude, you guys, are, you guys are sitting in the hospital. I'm sure there's people that come in here crying, you know, over a broken nail but that's not who I am (laughs) 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 and um yeah so I ended up staying overnight that time and they gave me a blood transfusion they gave me a pint of blood because I had lost so much blood and from there they sent me back to my gynecologist so I'm sitting here like okay I gotta go deal with this idiot again um (laughs) (laughs) I hope you changed since then Frustrated. I was so frustrated. Um, so I get out of the hospital Friday. The weekend goes by. I go to my gardener's office Monday, mm-hmm. and she wasn't there. Oh, wonderful. No, actually, that was, like, the biggest blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking, but okay. <laughs> no, seriously, that was the biggest blessing, because I don't know what would have happened if I would have if I would have had to see her again. Um, I ended up being seen by somebody else. Okay. I got my records from the emergency room and what the doctors had told me there, which they thought it was fibroids. And um, she's looking at, you know, all the paperwork and she's like, I need to see you in a hospital setting. She's like, if indeed it is fibroids, let's go ahead and do um, an outpatient surgery. Let's clean out the fibroids and, you know, take it from there correct and i was like 
perfect. I'm like, at least we're making progress. <laughs> and um, she was like, go ahead and go to this hospital, make your appointment. I'll see you in the hospital tomorrow. Like she was like, we're not wasting time. We're going to get it done. And so, you know, I get everything squared away. I show up to the hospital Tuesday morning um, for surgery and um, things kept getting delayed in the day um, because she had other patients to see. Okay. And so um, finally they take me to surgery almost at noon and I'm starving because you can't eat before surgery. And um, they take me to surgery. And um, when I wake up from surgery, the doctor was there and she was like, Hey, um, we're going to have to keep you overnight. She's like, you lost a lot of blood in the OR. So I want to observe you and, um, we'll have to give you a transfusion as well again. Wait, wait. So so when they admitted you, was that check on your organs or to take out? Yeah. No, this was to remove fibroids from my uterus, which that's what they thought was there. And for those who don't know where it, like where is that located at in the body? Because I don't know to be honest. So where what your uterus is? No, not my, I know the uterus is at. But, but the... <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? You mean the fibroids? Yeah. Fibroids are located on the inside of your uterus. Ah, okay. Like where you would like where a woman holds a baby. Correct. The egg, in that yeah. space, well, it can get you know stuff can get attached to the walls and whatnot so that's what they thought that i had fibroids okay um so you know she goes in to do the surgery i lose a lot of blood she was like we have to keep you overnight blah 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 and i was like okay um but it was what she came across was a tumor in my uterus So, so she's the one that found it She's and, the one that found it. And that you've been having these <clears throat> symptoms since 2013. Basically. So from 2013 but to 2017. 17. It's been growing, growing, and growing, and, and, and accumulating. And it wasn't until when they went in for one thing, they found this thing. Yes. Uh, that's okay. exactly it. Whew. So, um, you know, she took a sample of it, removed as much as she could, Um she took a sample of it, sent it to um, the laboratory Lab. to confirm what it is. And so it was cancer. Wow. Um, so then, you know, a few hours later, she comes into my room after she had the confirmation and um, she breaks the news to me. And I'm laying in this hospital bed like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And, you know, the shock of the news, obviously, like, I started crying. Um, but she was like, I've a, she's like, I already have um, an oncologist that I want you to go see at another hospital. She was like, they'll take care of me from here on out. Um, and she's like, I went back to the clinic. I looked at your patient chart. I've seen where you continuously complained about pain. Yeah. And this and this and that. And I was like, how can this be missed? I was like, Doc, I'm like, I come in yearly to get examined. You know, my um annual phys- my um annual physical um physical exam, yeah. my annual women's exam, everything. And she's like, when we um she's like, when we test for cervical cancer. She's like, we don't test for uterine cancer. She's like, because we're not trained to do that. Oh. She's like, so that's why every time we took an exam 
and we tested you for, you know, STDs, blah, blah, blah. It's for your cervical mm-hmm. and not and for the said, uterus. Exactly. She's like, well, we don't go further in. We examine the uterus, like, but we don't know. But if they examined it, like, you know, like they would have noticed well, that they... this doesn't look normal. Right. But the thing was that the heavier bleeding happened between my last exam and December, mm-hmm. which it was this uh, time frame of like seven months, possibly. Okay. And that's when the the actual tumor started growing. Like just based on the timeline, that's, you know, that's the conclusions we came down to. Okay. Um, so from there, I go see... Um, the oncologist um like three days before christmas and um from the get-go which i absolutely love my oncologist um a shout out to her <laughs> <laughs> dr zade hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um that free plug <laughs> he's he's very um straightforward okay and i know a lot of people are like you know doctors are so cut and dry but this is what they do every day. Yeah. And unfortunately, they are the bearers of bad news. Um, and me working in healthcare, I understand that. And I appreciate how straightforward he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first things he said to me, he's like, if we don't start treatment soon, or if you decide not to do treatment, you have less than a year to live. Because the cancer was so advanced or... Exactly, because by the I was a stage three, and, and there's four stages in there's cancer. There's four stages, and they caught mm-hmm. it at stage three. They caught it at stage three, exactly. So I was like, "Well, um, let's get started." <laughs> I'm like, "It doesn't sound like I have any options. I do want to live." So um, let me ask you a quick question. So at one point, do you sit down and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna cuss like fuck. Like, I'm not gonna have any kids. Like, if this, you know, it's either my life or not having any kids." Like, what was your mindset? Like, at what point did you, like, because prior to this, you know, like, you told your doctor, go ahead and take it out because you, you hadn't made up your mind. But now, because now that your life is in, in, in limbo, but then it's like, you know, you want to have, you would want to have kids. So, like, what was your mindset at, like, at that point? So, at this point, I had a, you know, prior to being diagnosed, I had already made up my mind that I wanted that hysterectomy. Okay. But... I had to find somebody willing to do it. Um, It's a big liability. Yeah, it's a big liability because then you can sit here and turn around and say, oh, well, they did this procedure and, you know, they took my opportunity of having children or, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is why it's very, um, it's not something that doctors are so willing to do when you're in that age age range. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I had kind of already come to terms with that. Um, from the year before when you told me, just go and take it out of me. Yeah. And it's crazy because like years before that, I remember having a conversation with my mom one time and I said something along the lines of, well, you know, if I get to a point where I can't have children, I can always foster a child or adopt a child. I remember, like, because we were talking about I remember about I that. told you that yeah. all the time. Yeah. Way, way long time ago, like, you always, like, had that in your heart, like, that you always wanted to foster children. Right. And, then you know, I've always thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's always, there's so many kids in the system and, you know, or, like, children that lose their parents for, right. you know, whatever reason. And they need a home and they need structure and they need somebody to, you know, take care of them. And, 
I guess God had put that in my heart already um, to, you know, be open to that idea. Correct. If, you know, I never ended up having kids. And so here I am faced with the fact that I won't have any because the type of cancer I have directly affects my reproductive system. So there's no way that they could have saved a piece of it. There's no way that they were going to save it. So was it because you were stage three already? Because had it been stage stage, one, could there have been a possibility? You know, I'm not sure. Okay. I never did ask my doctors that, but that's a good question. Now that I have my follow-up, now that I have my follow-up exam coming up next month, that might be a question I might throw out there. (laughs) You see, listen. I'm just not a pretty face, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, back to your story. We'll get back to us later. But back to your story. So, <laughs> all right, so there's no way that they could have saved it because it's stage three. And then, yeah, like, what's so the next process? One of the things that my oncologist told me in that first visit, um, he was like, in order for us to preserve your life, we're going to have to remove your uterus. Okay. And... um. He's like, so if you haven't had children by now, you're not going to have them. You're not going to be able to carry them. And he's like, straight to the point. Like, there's no being around the bush. Like, this is what it is. And we need to start ASAP. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a little bit of a shocker because, you know, you don't expect to hear, um, you know, all this information coming at you at once. Correct. Um, but at the same time, like I mentioned earlier, I already had come to terms with the fact that I probably wasn't going to carry children. So you made peace <laughs> with it already. You're like, I made, I had happen. made peace with that a long time before that. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a, like a cold water, just like a shock. It was so like, yeah. okay. It just, at that moment, it just became very real. Okay. Um, and so from there, um, I had to have a few more exams done um, because they had to phase out my treatment plan. Correct. Um, I went through chemotherapy and I lost all my hair. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> you know what? I should post a picture of that. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> well, I got plenty of pictures on the social media yeah, where I'm bald, so yeah, go ahead and do. pick one. Hey. <laughs> So well, let's go back to like a couple of steps. So like the doctor tells you it has to come out. How long after that did you actually go and and to be submitted to take out your your uterus? So from the moment I saw my oncologist mm-hmm. and that was in December 2017, um, they they had me start treatment, which I had to start with chemotherapy. Okay. Um, because they needed to reduce the tumor so how big was it i mean so gosh i forgot the dimensions of it but it had practically taken over the space of my uterus so you had basically and i'm just throwing stuff like a golf sized piece of um maybe a little bit bigger baseball mm, possibly <sighs> like an orange maybe oh, somewhere on there yeah i, don't think I can't remember the that yeah yeah, I can't remember exactly the dimensions. Okay. Um, I'd have but to go back big. and look at the reports, but it was big. Okay. It was big. Um, so they had to reduce it with um, chemotherapy Chemo. um, because what they don't want to do is when they go in and do surgery and try to remove things, it's damaging um, stuff. spread, yeah, it spread any of the cancer cells onto anything else. Ah, okay, okay. 
so um, they had to reduce it with chemo. Um, and alongside the chemo, I was taking like um, supplements and just natural things that would not only boost my immune system, but also help fight the cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time they took me to surgery, which was four months later, because I went into surgery at the end of April, um, the size of the tumor, according to the um, the report for my surgery, was practically non-existent. Really? Yes. So within months? So within months, it shrunk wow. to almost nothing. Um, but even with it shrinking, you know, part of the treatment plan was to have the hysterectomy. Okay. So um, because when I had some exams done during the staging phase of treatment, um, they figured out that the tumor was hormone driven. So, um, you know, just a little female anatomy um, and physiology Mm -hmm. (laughs) one-on-one. The ovaries carry um, the female hormones for the body. And um, that was feeding the tumor. Oh, wow. So So, it was feeding itself then, basically. Yeah, in a way. Um, So... I had to have what we call a full hysterectomy, meaning not just the uterus, but also everything. the ovaries and the fallopian tubes. Everything had to be removed. Because um, there's women who have partial hysterectomies mm-hmm. and they move, they remove the uterus, but they keep the ovaries. Correct. Um, so they go through the natural process of um, menopause. So at this point, nothing was salvageable. Like nothing. Nothing was salvageable. Everything exactly. was damaged. Everything had to, had to go. Okay. Okay. Everything had to go. So with a hysterectomy, they threw my body into menopause. Ooh. I was a month away from my thirty third birthday. I remember. <laughs> and I was menopausal. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Them hot flashes are no joke. <laughs> Especially in this Texas summer heat. Oh, no, no, no. Especially in the Houston heat. Because Houston and Dallas heat are a whole different. Yeah, they are, they are different. So you got the humidity. You can keep the humidity out there. The humidity. Oh, man. It was interesting. It was interesting to say the least. So, um, so you went through that, you know. Excuse my language. So they gutted you out, you know. Some people, you know, might get offended, but me, you talk like that, you know. So it's not offensive yeah, to you in layman terms. That yeah. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gutless. <laughs> the people listening right now, I'm sure, like, why is he talking like that? Listen, like, this is how me, her and I get along. Like, we. This is how we are. This is how we this are. Is, this is our relationship. Yeah. So I could call her gutless because t- technically she is gutless right now. <laughs> And she can laugh about it because that be because it's true. And she knows it's true. But <laughs> to keep it professional, because I'm sure people be like, you know, I'm sure they're in tune right now because it's a serious moment. But they're like, but well, why are they laughing? It's just sitting like, man, this is just how we are. This is my friendship like, with Karen. I can laugh after surviving such a dark moment. I'm going to laugh. Exactly. Like, you have <laughs> to laugh, you know, because, you know, and this is probably like not even the tip of iceberg because I still want to get into like the religious aspect and also like your love life because you were in the, in the relationship during this period of time. Correct. So, you know, I want to kind of want to touch that, but you know, but we'll put that on the side right now, but you know, 
going back to becoming gutless. <laughs> so what was I mean? You know, so they took everything out, and then like like what was the the recovery process? So um, because you lost all your hair, your eyebrows. You know, like you were looking. I'm not gonna say. I was looking. I was looking a little brown. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like the little Michelin doll, but whatever. <laughs> But damn it, but you're laughing, so that's what matters. You can hate me, but I'm making you laugh, so that's all that matters. Okay, so you lost your hair, your eyebrows, you lost a lot of weight. You know, so what was the the, the recovery time? I mean, like, what the so, process was like. So, actually, I gained weight. Really? Yes, because wow. um, I had lost a lot of weight in 2017 because I was, like, working out all the time okay. and eating well. And actually, I had, I had dropped, like, 40 some pounds um and when i started treatment because of the chemotherapy drugs they have a lot of steroids in them that makes you gain weight okay and um i gained weight um i had the hysterectomy and so when i had that i had to sit out for six weeks oh let me mention <laughs> the only time i stopped working was when i had the hysterectomy um a lot of people are like, how come you're still working? Well, one, treatment is not free and it's not cheap. You know about our American health yep. care system. That's another subject. That's another subject. I had insurance through my job. Um, if they had, I'm still there. I have insurance through my job. Okay. Um, so it was very important for me to keep those benefits to help pay um, for treatment. Um, and two, which is the biggest reason, it helped me um, deal with my situation. Okay. It helped me deal with this. Um, it helped me keep my mind off of it as much as I could. Um, like... One thing my doctor said to me in the in the um, phasing part of treatment was that as long as I felt okay to work and to um, keep a normal lifestyle, I guess you could say, um, to do it mm -hmm. because that was going to help my mental and emotional state. Yeah, um, they're like, you got to stay positive. Um, try to stay occupied. Um, try to live as normal as you can given your situation um, because what you don't want to do is sit at home and dwell on the fact that you're sitting here um, fighting cancer um, but people get depressed Yeah, people get anxious and I'm not going to lie yeah. I had episodes of it but really? overall um, I, I can I can say that I've been able to deal with it a lot better. And of course the spiritual aspect has a lot to do with it. Correct. Yeah. So like, how did you handle the, like the mental side of it? Like how did you, you know, cope with it and what deal with it? So, you know, um, people work out because it puts them in a good mood. A lot of people think that people work out because they just want to be skinny and they're vain. Mm. No. <laughs> a little bit. Um, it, it helps. Um, your mood yeah so even through treatment i was still working out as much okay. as i could um because it helped my mental state so um, that was your scapegoat was going it, going work out. it really was okay. it really was um 
my mom would tell me sometimes she's like why are you going like look at look you know you're tired look at what you're doing and so sometimes I go and is that so much not how hard I go in, at my workouts it's the fact that I'm able to do what if as much there. as I can do yeah. and it helps my emotional state mm-hmm. and at the time the people that I was working out with were very much a big part of my support group too mm-hmm. um you know they cheer me on and you know checking on me and whatnot um so it helped that I was around them also. So, yep, working out was a big part of of um, my way to cope with this whole situation. Cope with the whole depression and, and then falling into that, like that mm-hmm. mental state of just like giving up. Exactly. I had something to look forward to. Definitely. And did did a doctor say like like what are the chances or like of uh, like a full recuperation from this? You know, because sometimes there's like side effects that you know that might come up or you know or like a lifespan or after so, all so um in uterine cancer versus like other cancers like for example like if you were to compare this to pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. people who get pancreatic cancer don't live long they don't okay. they don't make it basically um or like liver cancer or things like that uterine cancer we can we can survive for the simple fact that we have that hysterectomy and we no longer have this apparatus that can possibly grow this tumor again. Correct. Do we have chances to develop cancer in other areas? Yes. Yes. Because our body has already dealt with cancer. Of course. Um, but I mean, for the most part, um, at least from what the doctors tell me, um, a lot of patients don't deal with cancer ever again. Um, oh, wow. Obviously, you have to um, take certain precautions, um, you know, as you know, in the ways of taking care of your body, not, you know, everything in, in excess is not good. Correct. Um, diet is huge. Um, Kelly, you so... said excessive. So, okay, like quick side note to the serious conversation. So when I went to Houston, Karen hooked it up with some empanadas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like some, but listen, I was driving home. I was munching those empanadas. <laughs> Thank you for the empanadas. But going back to the, to, you know, to your thing, um, the situation. So now that you know you're, it's out of your system. You're back to full recovery. Like now in the present, how has this changed your mental state of mind and how you see things? You know, now after going through this, like the whole experience, I'm sure you see life with different perspective. It puts things in perspective for you. Um, it's funny you ask me that. Just a few days ago, I was talking with my coworkers. We were on FaceTime, mm-hmm. and because um, you know, they were checking in on me and making sure that I was okay, um, given the whole COVID thing. Um, and we just, you know, we get off talking about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And um, I was talking about, um, oh, one of the girls was talking about how you know, because of the pandemic, she got married almost a year ago, but she hasn't been able to go on a honeymoon um, because, you know, it's too dangerous to travel right. and this and it's not. And so I was like, well, you have the wedding. She's like, yeah, but we haven't gone on a honeymoon. I said, neither have I. <laughs> but you better um, wait in line. But, you know, I feel like, you know, sometimes in, in terms of like, you know, people wanting to have the big wedding and wear the big dress and have yeah. the big party. Like, I didn't care for that. 
I didn't care for that. Um, I know I always joked around. I was like, I, I wanted, you know, whenever I have my wedding, I wanted to be a small wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have a wedding. I just went down to the courthouse. Yeah. And said my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> just call it um, you know, after having gone through this, I'm like, you know, certain things to me just pasaron, you know, to second place. Like to me, it's been important to spend a lot of time with my family, mm-hmm. um, to, um, experience new things. Um, sometimes you're like, Oh, I want to buy this. I want to buy that. I want to wear this. I want to do this. And you drop money on stupid stuff, honestly. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, okay, I want to go to, you know, I know Galveston is not the prettiest beach, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Galveston and just sit by the water and smell the ocean air on Sunday and I'll hop in the car and I'll go do it. Okay. Where other times I'm like, uh, but it's Galveston. Let me go to Destin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just find, finding joy in little things. The little um, things. I have a fur child. Um, and She's very needy. Mm. <laughs> um, but I love having my dog. I've never, I never had a dog prior to um, cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, she was a gift for, for surviving. <laughs> Definitely. And um, we've gone to so many different parks just in and around Houston that mm. I would probably would have never set foot on um, just to take her out. Yeah. And that to me, it makes me happy and she loves to run around and she loves to hop in the car and go on car rides and it's the little things um you know sometimes we focus on oh i want to take this you know lavish vacation or i yeah. want to have this expensive car or like the huge house dude estamos de paso man yeah. <laughs> um all those things like i really don't care for obviously i'm not gonna say like you know I'm not going to strive for something or to have something. Yes, right. I am. But just certain things, like the order of things has kind of changed around. Um, my family is still waiting on my actual wedding. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I'm waiting. <laughs> Especially with this panini we're in. I'm not going to edit that um, out. <laughs> everything you said on the record but go for it <laughs> but, so now let me you know i told you i wanted to save these last two you know these two uh you know for last um i'm gonna touch the spiritual side because i know you're very active in church and you're very spiritual um mm-hmm. i mean being you know you went through very very tough time like like pro- probably like rock bottom um did that in any way like affect you you know did it bring you closer to God or did you kind of like sidestep a little bit? Or, I mean, like, like what was your thought process or like, you know, or your feeling towards that? Because, you know, like growing up in church, you know, they always tell you, you know, you know, pray to God and, you know, give thanks and all that. But being you, that you were basically like your life was, you know, my life was on the line. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, how did that go about? So, um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Job. And, you know, for long story short, Job lost everything, even his health. And God, you know, he still remained faithful to God and God remained faithful to him. And to me, that's huge. Like to see his story, to read his story. And, you know, he 
never curse God. His wife was like, curse God and die. Yeah, turn it to salt. And it's like, I'm like, dude, like, for him to not turn against God in such a hard time Mm -hmm. of his life, that says a lot. And it's like, you know, I'm nowhere um, near to who Job was, but that's the example to follow for Mm me. Um, All the things that, you know, we learned as kids in Pathfinders Mm -hmm. and, you know, your Sabbath school classes and, you know, all the Bible stories and all the passages that remind you um, that God is with you in the hard times or, you know, like, you know, you can do all things to Christ. All that became very real to me during this process. Um, I had to remind myself and dive into the Bible and read these passages um, to not get discouraged because it is very discouraging. You're going through, um, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting for your life. You're literally fighting for your life. Um, You know, I believe a lot in science and medicine, but I also believe in God. Mm -hmm. And one thing that, this gynecologist said to me after she diagnosed me, um, after she came across this tumor, she was like, um, you know, I cried and she, I made her cry because I was emotional. And she's like, I don't cry with my patients. She's like, but she's like, I, I don't know. She's like, it's, it's you. And she's like, but I noticed something in you. She's like, you're crying, but you're crying with hope mm-hmm. that, that you're going to get better. And she's like, do you believe in God? And I was like, of course I do. And she's like, you know that there's only so much science can do for you. Correct. She's like, and the rest God is going to do for you. For my physician to tell me that. Yeah. And then I <laughs> suppose know, to bring where, religion into that. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we. That is one thing that they are like, are, are vow not to, to is, is to bring into religion and into their. We uh, have to tie our hands behind our back as yeah. healthcare providers. Um, you know, regardless of what your faith is, um, you can't really discuss these things. Correct. But for her to tell me that, that was huge. She's a believer herself. Um, and she was like, you know, she's like, that there's only so much we can do for you as physicians. And there's only so much that science can do for you. She's like, and the rest, God, God has to do it. She's like, so I don't want you to lose faith. She's like, you're going to come out of it. Nice. And, you know, I'll never forget that. <laughs> I'll never forget that she said that. I mean, that it's very me. impactful, especially for, you know, for a physician. You know, Coming from your doctor. Exactly. exactly. You know, and <laughs> when they're not supposed to, but, you know, like, you know, like she said, you know, that, that she saw something in you that, you know, like touched her and then, you know, for like touched her enough in order for, for her to express, for yeah, I can't even talk, in order for her to her, express herself like that, you know, it, it's a very big testimony in that. It is. So, I mean, for me, I don't feel like going through this put a wedge between God and I. If not, it brought me closer to him. Okay. It made me cling on to the promises that he's made to me it made me um you know trust him even more mm-hmm. um there was times when i was so exhausted after chemotherapy um i would just lay in bed and i had no energy to do anything else and all i could do was just lay in bed and pray mm-hmm. and talk to god and from there i actually kept the journal with certain things 
through this process. And sometimes I go back and look at it and I'm like, wow, <laughs> like this is what I was feeling. And yeah. look at where got me, brought me out from, you know? So at any point in time, like during like this whole process, did you ever question like, why me? Am I being punished? No. So no. that never crossed your mind, you know, because you're, you know, you're a young, beautiful, talented woman. And for all this to happen to you at a young age, you know, like some women would think like, why me? Why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. I feel like God is punishing me for, you know, for something. So that never crossed your mind. That never crossed my mind. If there's something that I learned was, you know, prior to this happening to me, because, you know, just to touch up a little bit on, um, on another story. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my dad when I was seven yeah. and the death of my father had a big impact on me. Um, where I went so many years kind of mad at God for taking my father from me at such a young age. Mm -hmm. And I came to terms with that. And I had to ask God for forgiveness for being a breath Mm -hmm. to him, you know, basically. And so I feel that if I hadn't like, you know, felt that forgiveness from God and Mm -hmm. asked God for forgiveness for behaving a certain way, through all that time and questioning my father's death, if I hadn't had done that, I would have definitely like probably like done what Job's wife said, you know, curse God and die. But because I had already healed from that, I was able to confront this situation with different eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, when I, when I went through it, um, I didn't question him. Um, The one thing that I asked him was, um, to help me learn from this whole diagnosis and this whole, you know, process and for this process to shine light on other people, mm-hmm. um, not only from a healthcare standpoint, but from um, a, a, a spiritual standpoint that, you know, God could, that people could see what God was doing through my life through this whole process and that that would have an impact on their lives to draw them closer to God. And I can tell you that this brought my family members closer to God. Cause for those of you out there, my mom and myself are the only SDAs on my mom's side of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I take that back. One of my uncles is too um, and his life. Um, but the grand majority of my family are quote unquote Catholic, um, which, you know, they only go to church on Easter. You're putting them on blast. I'm, I'm going to put them on blast because they know. They know. I'm okay. If they know, continue. If they know, continue. But for them to see us live out our faith through such a hard time. And I say us because it wasn't just me. It was my mother. It was my brother, my niece, my nephew, my mm-hmm. sister-in-law, which my sister-in-law is a cancer survivor also. And I feel like me going through this um, made our bond stronger because we had something in, in something common. in common. Yeah. Um, and she was a big support for me. Um, not only for the fact that, you know, we share the cancer diagnosis, but um She's also a very spiritual woman. Okay. Um, so I made our, our bond a lot stronger than before. 
Um, but yeah, those the one thing that I asked God was allow my story to inspire somebody. And I know that it has impacted my family, mm -hmm. a lot of my family members, um, my coworkers. I remember one of the girls that used to work with me when I was going through it, um, she was new in the faith and she was like, my faith is strengthened by watching you live out yours. Amen. And I remember she said that to me in a text message and I started crying because I was like, this is what I asked God for. Mm -hmm. You know, this is for him to use me to bring somebody else to his feet. And you never know how he's going to do that. I remember praying a prayer to him several years back. And I was like, I want to be bold in my faith. And then I go through this cancer diagnosis and I have no choice but to be bold in my faith. Yeah. And I know that there's people out there that were watching every post I made that were, you know, keeping up with my story and, you know, my process. And I've heard a lot of their comments, you know, here almost three years later, and I'm probably going to keep hearing them, but it's not to glorify myself. It's to glorify God. Amen. As it should be, you know, because I think, well, not that I think, but sometimes like God puts us in puts puts us in situations or make us go through things in order for you know you know for one to be a test uh you know to go out and preach or you know give your testimony and you know and just but you like spreading keeping your the faith you know keeping active and people you know seeing you you know it, it, of course it gives them like hope you know like if she can and you know, like she was in a dear death, uh, death situation, and she came out on top. It's like, if she can, then <laughs> I definitely can too. Exactly. One thing I can, you know, I can say is we have no reason to turn our backs on God. Correct. He's always there. He's always there, and it doesn't matter if it's the cancer diagnosis or you know the fact that you lost your job, um, whatever it is. Yeah. He comes through he's come through i can tell you that <laughs> um gosh uh, there's like so many like tiny little stories within this whole process that i can sit here and talk about uh, and... give me give me two <laughs> give me two because i'm not putting so... a time limit on this i'm just letting it run so i probably won't even edit it <laughs> i'm just letting it run so you know just give me two good ones so um when i got when i had that initial surgery that the doctor came um, came across the tumor. The first night I spent in the hospital, um, I laid there, you know, after she broke the news to me that it was cancer. Mm -hmm. I laid there and um, I prayed a very, a very bold prayer. Uh -oh. um, and I told God, I was like, I'm not asking you to heal me. I'm not asking you to heal me, which typically that's what people ask for, Correct. right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm not asking you to heal me. I just need you to give me peace. Nice. I want, I want your peace. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do this alone. I need your peace in the middle of the storm that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ovi, I can tell you through some of the most difficult parts of this, I wasn't really agitated. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, you agitate easy. <laughs> <laughs> I know you that. Know I know that for a fact. You agitate, girl. Don't me that you get agitated. <laughs> I remember the night before going into um into surgery for the hysterectomy. 
I went to Zumba. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be able to Zumba for six weeks, so let me go to Zumba. <laughs> so ballsy. I remember I, I got off of work. I had to go do, like, pre-surgery stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got off of work, went to the hospital, left the hospital, went straight to Zumba. <laughs> you nuts. And then... After that, I came home and I had to um, take my hospital bag and I was chilling. Everybody was asking me if I was nervous, if I was, you know, anxious, Yeah. Um, what was running through my mind. And I was like, I'm chilling. Like, I'm kind of excited that this is about to go down. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But knowing you, it sounds about right. <laughs> I'm like, this is finally happening. Like, I'm having this instructory. Right? <laughs> About time. Um, That's one. Like, I was like, through, you know, like people, you know, some people freak out before going into surgery, which, yeah. you know, it's understandable. Yeah. I was so chilled. I remember showing up at the hospital the next morning. Um, I, I, I have been treated at, um, Houston Methodist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different campuses across Houston and surrounding areas, and I've been um, been treated at the Sugarland one. That's where all my physicians are. Okay. And um, given that it's a um, Christian hospital, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, they have um, chaplains at the hospital, mm-hmm. and so they were coming around asking um, if you know they were coming around the floor on you know where um they had they were getting people ready for surgeries asking if um it was okay to pray with the patients so um i I remember i had this lady pastor um she walks in and she's like oh you know i'm so so i don't remember her name but i just remember this tall black lady really pretty um and she's like i'm pastor so-and-so um she was like i see that you know you're getting ready to go in for surgery She's like, is it okay if I pray with you? And I was like, you know, throw it at me. Just bless bless me for going in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that to me was like confirmation, you know, that God's there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and she prayed over me. And within minutes after that, they were wheeling me out into the, the operating room. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm telling you, like, I have this peace, like, I just cannot explain. Like, That's a good. You know, feeling. there's a verse in the there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, "Peace, like, not peace, like the world can give you, but peace, like God can give you." Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of paraphrasing it. Yeah. Like, there's no way to explain that. Like, there's nothing on earth that compares to that. And to experience that in such yeah. a like difficult phase of life, man. Man, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, that only happen to certain people, you know. And I think, you know, you were the one, you know, because people who, who are listening or have, because it's an hour and twenty six minutes right now. So, you know, people who like stayed this long and listen, you know, I think I think they're gonna be blessed, you know, from your testimony and you know your your story and you know what you went through. But it's like could be bitter about it and sad about it, but we're laughing. And we, and, and that's because yeah. that's how we are. Like <laughs> that's how our conversations go. But, but, but even, you know but even, I do remember, even like probably like at your lowest, like we still talked and we still laughed like nothing ever happened. Yes, and 
and there's one thing that, you know, obviously people that are like, you know, don't have that relationship with God and not yeah. that I'm trying to like, you know, judge anyone or whatnot. Like if anything, I want to encourage you to draw close to him. Um, but that's just the type of joy that, that you experience when you have God in your life, you Definitely. know, regardless of what, what's going on. Um, you know, we could have the worst day. We could, you know, get a flat on the way to work or somebody, you know, hits us or whatever, but those circumstances are not going to define us or like set the mood for us today. Like yeah. we are aware that God's going to take care of us. So there's an inexplainable joy of, you know, being that child of God and being in his presence and knowing that he covers us. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, we there was really difficult moments with this process, and you know, I talked to you a lot about it. Yeah. Um, when I was going through it, and even then, like you said, we would still sit here and laugh. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I mean, it's just. It's not because we're being cynical. <laughs> I bet I want to say that, but <laughs> when I you said it, welcome to the ozone, everybody. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> This is what we. But <laughs> all right, so let me turn the page. You know, like you know, so we went through just like the roller coaster ride. Now let's go. I like to think it's happy thought because you had somebody with you during this period of time. I did. And how was that? Like, how was how was that between the both of you? You know, did it create friction? Did it bring you together? I mean, obviously, you know, there's gonna be moments to where it might fall up. You know, fall up, fall apart. But, you know, yet again, like, like love is strong, then, like, no matter what, you know. And he's with, like, he stuck with you through this, you know, till this day. Yes. With all the madness. So, <laughs> through all this craziness. Yes. Um, so, maybe, like, six months, six to eight months before this diagnosis, um, we met, we started talking, and we started dating. Wow. And um, I remember when I got diagnosed, um, the night that I was in the hospital right after the doctor broke the news to me, um, I called him because he knew I was going to go into surgery. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it was an outpatient surgery, so I was supposed to be home that night. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I called him and I was like, I'm in the hospital. And he's like, why? I thought you're supposed to be home. Like, I was waiting for you to let me know that you were home. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I was like, you know, have a seat. I got news to break to you. Uh -oh. um, and so, you know, I told him what the doctor told me. And um, I was like, look, I know this is new. And I understand if you don't want to stay with me. Um, you don't have to stay with me. Um, that was a very difficult conversation. <laughs> I bet. Because, um, you know, it's a new relationship. We get along so great. And for the first time in so long, I was in a good place in that mm -hmm. area in my life. And um, I, you know, I had, to, I had to tell him that. And, you know, thinking adult-like with a mature mind, mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't force somebody to stay with me out of pity Correct. or because, oh, I need somebody by me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I told him that. And I was like, look, I, I get it. If you, if you decide you don't want to stay. I understand. Um, I'm not going to be mad at you either way. Um, and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> my guy, my I was guy. like, he's a real one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he 
you're like, marry me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, you marry me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we, you know, I start treatment, all this stuff, and he's going through it all. I remember um, before I even got, because I had to have a little port put in um, in my chest, Mm -hmm. and that's what they would administer the chemotherapy. So, out of the whole process, that was the first thing that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, a week before that, we had this crazy winter storm here in, in Houston. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, the freaking city paralyzed for, like, two days. Yeah. There was ice everywhere. <laughs> ice. And um, he had come over, like, you know, we are at the house, and, you know, he was like, I'm 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 scared, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm thinking, like, "You scared of a snowstorm coming?" (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Karen! Way to go for being loving and caring. (laughs) Like, you know, he's from Colombia. He's never experienced this before. (laughs) 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 I was like, like, "What are you talking about?" He's like thinking about this whole thing. He's Mm -hmm. like, "I'm scared of everything that's going on with you. Like, I'm scared of this process." Yeah. And I was like, but I'm not even like terrified. Like, why are you scared? Yeah. He's like, I'm and he's like, I'm scared of losing you. I was like, Oh like, marry me again. Real <laughs> <laughs> What's your ring size? I'll be right back. <laughs> About to Google. Right. <laughs> Let me get your onion ring for the temporary. <laughs> Let me get your funion. <laughs> Um, but um, I'm not gonna lie. There was difficult moments through the process um, because it just it's it's a whole you know it's it's not an easy process. Yeah. Period. You know. Um. But he stuck with me through the whole thing. Yeah. Um. When I was going through the radiation phase of treatment, which was oh my god, radiation is a devil. <laughs> mm. Um. He. He would come like the last, I think it was four sessions of radiation, which were the strongest ones. Yeah. Um, he would come, he would get off of work early, pick me up at work, drive me to the hospital for the sessions, and drive me home afterwards. Damn. Um, and the girls at the radiation center were like, Oh my god, he's everything. Don't let him go. Oh my god, it's head up. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you know, because they, yeah, you know, they deal with with this all, you know, all oh, day every yeah. day, and they and they see patients that are really there by themselves, by themselves, yeah, in such a, you know, in such a hard process, yeah, and they're like, oh, because they would see us and they're like, you guys been together for a long time, and I'm like, girl, what's time? But we ain't even been together a year. <laughs> <laughs> I got this on lock. <laughs> And they're like, oh my God, like he's just wonderful. Where can we find one like him? It was funny. They kept me laughing all the time. Hey. Um, and um he was there for my last session. And whenever you complete a phase in treatment, you get to ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to celebrate. And um he was like he was there for that. And um, they were like, take a picture, take a picture with us. And so, you know, like the nurses yeah. and the techs and everything. And, you know, they make this like little party in the office, basically, when you go ring your bell. And um, to this day, whenever I go back, they're like, so are you guys still together? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we are married. <laughs> um, you, so. you know what just came through my mind is like, 
if he would have been on his podcast and have his side of the story, like his thought process, his, you know, like how he was able to handle the situation. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a lot, you know, like just just started dating and all of a sudden this to happen, you know, and to and to take it upon himself, you know, to to pick up the slack and to be there for you, which I mean, a lot of guys will probably be like, yeah, we're good, you know. Thank you, but like, uh, it was fun. This relationship, yeah, yeah, it, it's complicated, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so you know, no. so I mean, it just like it literally, like as, as you were talking, I was like, man, like maybe we should have had him on, you know, and get like his side, or you know, like maybe for like another episode or something. But you know, like get well, his you realize you're gonna have to do you have to do that interview in Spanish, right? That's okay because I I, I want to do one in Spanish. I haven't <laughs> had one in Spanish, so like. I got a few people done, you know, and lined up that I'm going to try to do something in Spanish, especially like, you know, from a family from overseas in Spain, you know, I want them to get, you know, onto this too. But, you know, like I said, I mean, it, 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 it takes a, it takes a lot. It takes a lot, you know, for a man to just be like, ah, right, you know what? Like, I think she's worth it. I'm going to stick by her, you know, and they don't make a lot of, of a lot of us like that anymore. So. The hell you laughing? I see the way you threw yourself. <laughs> Damn it, it's my show. <laughs> Damn it, it's my show. I'm gonna plug myself in. <laughs> Steve, you're so annoying. That's you know right. what? <laughs> you're so annoying. <laughs> no, but you know what? No, like real talk, real talk. It takes special people. Yes. To stick by you yeah. through such a hard time, and you know it's, it's interesting. Um, through this whole process, people that I probably thought were gonna be there mm-hmm. kind of like took a back seat, and people that I never thought were gonna be front and center were front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's when you go through the hard times that you really see who's really there for you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I really was able to weed out some people. <laughs> hey, well, I'm still around. <laughs> You're still around. You're a real one, too. <laughs> Damn it, I'm a dandelion. I grow with, like, when you least expect it. <laughs> I'm one of those weeds that just never go away. I don't I care how much I don't care how much stuff you put in the grass. I still having to come back. But, uh, listen, I mean, like, because I know we've talked about this in the past, but I don't think we've actually gotten, gotten like, this much deep into, into, into your story. You know, I think we've talked about it but just barely just even like touch the surface you know but yeah and so like you know which is why i wanted to do this because i was like well i know some parts of her 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 story but not everything you know and the whole process and so you know and i just wanted to pick your brain and you know like use this as a platform you know like for you to use your story as a testimony you know for the people who are going through like a similar thing you know and so with that being said you know i always like to end my show like with my guest you know giving advice or you know like giving a thought like you know something that they live by you know like a creed or something and you know being that you you know been up and down emotionally and you know you've obviously you know like you've come on top like you've succeeded you beat it and here we are you know, like years in the making since 20, what what was it, 2013, 
when all this happened basically yeah, 2013 as far as i can look back <laughs> yeah you know it's till 2021 and here we are talking about it i mean i mean i'm proud of you i'm happy for you you know and you know and and Thank it you. makes me happy you know that that we can share this and talk about it you know even though some people might think oh this is like a serious moment yeah, it's a serious moment but our friendship is is it's it's complicated. It's complex, you know. So so we can laugh at each other. You Our know? friendship is far from serious. And so you know, like for me to say to call you gutless, I don't mean it in any bad, bad, horrible way. That's just me joking with you because you know I don't mean that, but it's still funny because I mean it's true, nigga. You ain't got no good, <laughs> and I can say that. I'm not sure if, if anybody else, you know, I, I don't. I would think like not anybody else can get away with it, but you know, being the way our friendship is and the way we get along and understand each other, I can get away. Yeah, with not it. many people would be able to get yeah. away with that. <laughs> you know, but you know, like you know, when I'm serious with you or we have our, our serious conversation, it's serious, you know. But I'm sure people are thinking like, yo, like, like what kind of interview is this? You know, like she had a death, a near death experience, and he they're over here laughing about, or, or he's laughing about it. It's people, relax, <laughs> chill. Like if you made it this long, I'm sure you laughed. <laughs> You know, so relax. It's not that serious. I mean, you know, like my podcast, I like to make them chill. You know, we can have a serious moments. You know, we can have a funny moments. So, you know, it's just it's a relaxed environment. I don't want it to be so uptight because that's to me, that's boring. Like I want my guests to feel comfortable, you know, and just have a normal conversation. And for those who don't know, this would be our conversation over the phone or even in person. Yeah, this is how very much so. this is literally how you and I will talk. This is how we do it. Exactly. So like I say, <laughs> you know, so like I, you know, I'm 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 happy for you and you know, I Thank you. The sky's the limit for you now, you know. And like I said, I hope, you know, with this, you know, like platform, you know, anybody listening, you know, or like to all five of you, you know, still hanging out with us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like shout out to you guys, you know, for hanging out. But but with that, you know, like like what advice would you give somebody or you know just like a testimony you know you know for somebody that's listening that went through the same thing or was going through the same thing or like Mebo, Mebo, maybe like on the mental side because you obviously you know struggled you know mentally for a, a moment and like your way out was going to the gym but you know like what would you like say to that person so there's a couple of things i would say one when it comes to your health you are your biggest advocate mm -hmm. um if you have to go to two, three different doctors and get two, three different opinions, do it. Um, because some doctors will listen. Some doctors will blow you off. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not comfortable with the position you have right now, step it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, get out and go elsewhere. Um, I had to go through three different gynecologists. Wow. And in what four years mm -hmm. to finally figure out what was going on and that's why i said when i went back and i didn't find my dino and the other doctor was there that was a blessing because yeah. i don't know what would have happened i probably wouldn't be here to talk Correct. about this right now yeah um and you know like i said you are your biggest advocate find somebody you're comfortable with find somebody um that speaks your language there's so many physicians out there from all over the world. Um, find somebody you you can relate to, somebody makes you feel comfortable, somebody has open communication. Um, I'm so grateful for the doctors that treated me. Um, 
you know, and they are following up with me mm-hmm. every three, six months, whatever, you know, phase I'm in. Um, we have open communication, complete open communication. Um, and that to me is huge mm-hmm. because any concern that I have, I can express it um, as easily as sending them an email. Um, and if they're not responding, if their nurse is responding, um, like that's big. Correct. That's big. Um, so, you know, health wise, you are your biggest advocate. Nag that doctor if you have to. Of course. <laughs> I mean, like, that's um, what they get paid for. I mean, like, we're not going for free. Right. <laughs> this is costing me a lot. <laughs> we're just costing me money. The expensive ass chair you got me sitting in. <laughs> um, too, faith wise. Mm hmm. If you're not talking to God, if you're not diving into his word, if you are not surrounding yourself with people of your same faith, you're doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, faith is huge. Um, and I know we get caught up in our everyday life, work, school, family, kids, whatever it is, but you have to make time for God. Um, if there's one thing that I've learned to never leave a house without praying or sure. as small as like, I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna get up and do my Sabbath school lesson every day that's my fault I need to manage my time a little bit better but it's on the record at the very least <laughs> it's on the record it's so the record. all my pastor friends that are gonna listen to this <laughs> you can get at me later okay <laughs> <laughs> Not right, me, but Karen. That I learned. <laughs> Both of us. Don't lie. Okay. <laughs> chill, chill. <laughs> but one thing that's very important: don't leave your home without asking for God's blessing, right. and at least reading a passage from the Bible. Something as easy as downloading the Bible app on your phone, your phone. and downloading a little, you know, daily devotional will take you like three minutes. Do it. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. That sets the tone for your day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, gosh, there's so many resources out there yeah. um, that you can dive into just, you know, to come closer to God. I mean, these are the things that sustain you through the hard times. And if you're not doing something to get close to him True. with that first storm, that first wind that blows your way, it's going to knock you over Definitely. and it's not going to be pretty. So drop close to him. And three, find a creative outlet. Um, right now with the pandemic, <laughs> um, it's been difficult for, I want to say just about everyone. Um, you know, we're tired of being stuck at home. We're tired of dealing with anti-vaxxers and anti-masters out there. Hey. Um, and I say this because <laughs> I work in healthcare and you know, having gone through what I went through, my mm-hmm. immune system is not the same Correct. as, you know, a healthy person out there. Um, so, and then I deal with people's spitting blood all day. That's not pretty. Um, so I have to be extra careful with myself. Um, and this pandemic has brought out the crazy and selfish in everyone. Um, and you have to find a way to de-stress, find a creative outlet, whether it's working out, going for a walk, going for a run, um, painting, singing, dancing in your backyard, whatever it is, do, do it. Yeah. Do something because that's going to help relieve stress, release some of that anxiety, release, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And working out just puts you in a better mood. Um, if you see me, I'm a fat girl, but I work out because it mm-hmm. relieves 
my stress. No. <laughs> I'm Karen, not doing it to get skinny. <laughs> Karen is a gordi boy. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I forgot. We had this conversation before, didn't we? <laughs> get your t-shirt that says hashtag. Actually, uh, like one of the girls that one of the girls that dated a while ago, like I bought her shirt that said uh, something about like yo soy una gordi buena. I'm gonna have to get me one of those. Right? You're gonna go to the winner. Oh, snap. <laughs> well, listen. You know, like, thank you for coming on. I know, like, you're back. Uh, for those who don't know, Karen was on one of my episodes, but during editing, I deleted it. I deleted the like episode with her. Yeah. I mean, I, it was new. I was new into this, you know, editing and recording. You know, I was trying to be cute with it, but somehow I ended up deleting because it was you and Jay. So I deleted. Wait, wait, wait! Rewind, rewind, rewind. They have heard my voice because I was. Oh like yeah, a yeah. Child you were the first. The one. very yeah. first one. Okay. So you're like the third time on this part. Well, sec- third time officially, but twice on the air on on the on the podcast. The first exactly. one was a trial run when I first started my podcast career, uh, and then uh, when I had when I had you and Jay on, but that one got deleted. And now this one, um, I don't think I'm even going to delete it. I'm sorry, not delete it, but uh, edit. I think I'm going to leave it just like as it is because I want the authenticity to stay, you know? <laughs> and so, I don't know. I might post it. I'll let you know what I post it. But, I mean, listen, I, I'm i very happy you came on and, uh, you know, and told your story. Uh, I'm sorry, share your story with me and, like, probably, like, six other people. Um, But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much man i mean you know like we go way back you know like you know stuff about me i know stuff about you it's like a brother sister thing between us and so you know i did hurt whenever you were going through this whole process you know i just quietly i hurt but you know um like seeing you when i saw you a couple of months ago when i went down in houston you know that was the first time I seen you. What two years? Yeah. Yeah. So two first, years. Let, let me say. Let me say. I want to thank you for you know nagging me to come on. Nagging. <laughs> I'm kick you. You know what? I'm gonna pause this, beat your ass, and then come back up. And we're back. <laughs> no, seriously. Thank you um, for inviting me on and doing the interview, um, being able to share my story, um, and also for just being there um like i mentioned earlier during that that moment that i was going through i really mm-hmm. got to see who really cared and wanted to be there for me and mm-hmm. you drove from dallas <laughs> down to houston I did. <laughs> come hang out with me yeah because we even went to the movies that day yeah we yeah. went to the movies like your hair yes i slept at your mom's house uh like you recorded me snoring, sleeping on the couch. I did. I'm not gonna say what else you did. You know, I think you passed gas that day, but I can't remember. I gotta go back and look at my phone. But yes, I may have. I don't know. <laughs> you like blame it on the <laughs> on the chemo. I blame it on the chemo. <laughs> you know, chemo has an awful smell. <laughs> Chemo drugs, bro. <laughs> chemo, boy, they loosen up your guts. <laughs> yeah, you, and oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that part. That yeah, yeah I went to go see. Yeah, out, 
you we we hung out yeah. we went to movies we went to get ice cream like at three in the morning that we did we... <laughs> <laughs> the things we do the the things we do oh god it was a good time and you know these are things that i don't forget mm-hmm. i i like i said i had people that i thought wouldn't be like really concerned um yeah. or trying to be there and those were the people that were front and center and they were checking on me they were you know coming to see me they were trying to have lunch dates yeah. they were just they were just there and that made a big difference for me and you were one of those people that's right but i give <laughs> i mean listen with the closing remark i mean i know you i know you're in the dental office but if i'm ever in houston you think maybe i can get the hook up or, or you know well i mean i don't own the dental office but again thank you man for coming on and to all those handful of people listening thank you for hanging out with us oh this is my longest podcast recording hour hour 55 minutes so you're welcome karen you know you're welcome for the two hours that you just took off my life on a friday night so thank you so much for that um okay i you know like i said i i really hope this has has been a blessing to everybody listening i mean you know it's a true story i mean it's true you know i saw it you know so it's not like all this is made up so um thank you all for listening and to the next one